Alola, everyone, and welcome to PokeCast VG. I am your host, Ziki One, and I am so glad that you're joining me today. I developed this podcast, PokeCast VG, based on everything that I wanted out of the Pokemon podcast. So this PokeCast VG is going to focus on video games, namely the main series, Pokemon video games. Now, obviously, I'm starting right now the week before Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon are released. Therefore, the Pokemon games Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon will be the focus of the first few podcasts of PokeCast VG. As far as other things that I will cover on this podcast, I will sometimes talk about Pokemon Go or the Pokemon trading card game. However, I'm only going to talk about those when they relate to the Pokemon main series games. I'm not as big of a fan as those elements of Pokemon, therefore I'm going to keep my focus on the things that I'm most knowledgeable about, which is the main series Pokemon video games. So who am I? I'm sure that a lot of you guys are wondering who is Ziki One and why should I listen to his podcast. So I'm going to let you get to know me for a few minutes and then after that we're going to get talking about Sun and Moon and the upcoming games, Pokemon Ultra Sun and Pokemon Ultra Moon that as I'm recording this are coming out tomorrow and I cannot wait to play them, alright? So, who am I? Here's some of my experience. My first starter was Torchic. That means, of course, that my first game, my first, my home region was the Hoenn region. Now, I did play a little bit of Pokemon Gold as like a little boy, but I I really did not have enough time or age underneath my belt to really know what was going on. I I could walk around and I knew how to get to the part where you could trade and get a Machop, you know, and and Miltank always would just defeat me in that third gym. And so I really didn't have a whole lot of fun the first time I played Pokemon. Now... When Ruby and Sapphire came out, something happened with me and my dad, and we were able to buy Ruby, and we played it together some, and that is when I first experienced Pokemon in all of its glory, and I had a blast. Like I said, my first starter was Torchic. I thought Torchic was just the coolest thing ever, and when it turned level 16 and it evolved into that Combusken, it learned Double Kick. I thought that I was the best Pokemon trainer in the world. I had no idea what was coming in my future. Combusken with Double Kick was so cool, too, because, you know, he's a fire type. He's supposed to get beat by rock type. And so I felt so cool beating the rock type gym with Double Kick. You know, and I was I had a fire type, so I should have been being defeated. But anyway, that was my first kind of encounter with Pokemon. And it really, it sealed the deal, made me love the Pokemon games. You're probably wondering what my favorite Pokemon is. And I'll tell you, it's kind of funny. My favorite Pokemon actually comes from Johto, and that is uh, Raikou. Raikou is my favorite Pokemon all the way. I really like his design. I think that he's got a very elegant look to him. Also, he's really good competitively. I've used him and won quite a few battles with my Raikou. I'll tell you more about that later. Anyway, Raikou is my favorite mod if you wanted to know that about me. Also, you probably want to know how do I play Pokemon. Like, What are some things that I focus on when I'm playing? So here's a few things that I love to do. I love collecting and breeding Pokemon. So that basically means, you know, when I first get the game, one of my first goals, even aside from beating the game, is to fill the Pokédex. I actually love doing that. Um, And, you know, the later games have made it even more fun to fill the Pokédex because you get such a sweet reward like the Shiny Charm or like the Oval Charm, and those things really help with breeding, you know? And so, anyway, yeah, I really love collecting all the Pokemon that are in the decks and, and, and breeding them so that I can have competitive versions of the Pokemon that I've collected. The second thing that I really love to do is shiny hunting. 
Shiny hunting is an element of Pokemon that not everybody knows about, all right? So shiny hunting is basically anytime you encounter a Pokemon in the wild, whether it's walking in a field of grass, whether it's that you've bred um, two Pokemon together and you're hatching an egg, anytime you encounter a Pokemon for the first time, you have like a 1 in 8,000 chance, and I think in the newer games it's 1 in 4,000, of that Pokemon being a different color. Now, obviously, I think a lot of people don't know about it because it's such a slim chance, and some people just have never experienced it before. But I'll never forget how it first happened to me. I was playing Pokemon Fire Red, um, and what ha happened was I was walking through, I believe it was Route 3 or 4, and there was um, a patch of grass that had Weedle and, and Abra and a few other Pokemon in it. And what happened was I'm walking through the grass, and a Weedle pops out, and all these stars fly out of Weedle, and they do this like little circle thing and fly off the screen. And I had no idea what was going on. So I like typed it in online. I was like, Weedle with stars. you know. And I did catch it. I was like, I better catch it. I don't know who knows what this is about. When I caught it and I got it in my box, my PC box, I looked in the PC, and that Weedle had a little red star by his name in the PC. And what I found out is this Weedle was a different color than most of the other Weedles. And as it evolved into a Beedrill, it looked so cool. It looks so different than the regular Beedrill. And I didn't even know that this was a possibility until I found that Weedle. So after that point, I made a vow. I'm going to find as many shiny Pokemon as I can. I do shiny hunt quite a bit. And I hope to eventually get to a place where I might can stream that or might can show you guys some of the ways that I do that. I just finished the longest shiny hunt of my career so far. I was breeding for a shiny Turtwig in the Alpha Sapphire Pokemon game. It took me 1,362 eggs to find the shiny Turtwig, but I finally got it, and now I am ready to use it for my playthrough of Pokemon Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon. Also this week, I've already found a, a shiny Bagon, and I also found a shiny Stuffle. Uh, also, it's the last day before Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon come out, and so if I'm lucky, I hope to find a shiny Mudkip through breeding before the new games come out. A third element of Pokemon that I really like and I wanted to share with you guys is competitive battling. Now, I learned to do this from watching YouTubers uh, and also from looking at Pokemon stats and looking how I might can maximize their effectiveness and coming up with my own sets. Basically, what you do, you take a Pokemon, you look at their stats, you see how you can best use their stats to defeat as many other Pokemon in the decks as possible. Now for some Pokemon this is a lot easier than others. Others it's just very difficult to get very much competitive use out of them. Um, and also because of competitive battling there develops this meta. We call it the meta game. And basically what it is is like there's a core group of Pokemon that are really really good uh, overall. And you can bring these Pokemon to a lot of battles and win. There's also a group of Pokemon that really aren't that great. And if you bring them to the battle, you're more likely to lose. Sometimes people choose to battle competitively with the weaker Pokemon so that they can um, feel great about themselves if they manage to win a battle. But most of the time, people choose to bring the most competitive, the best Pokemon to the battles. Uh, and, and that's where I battle. Is I try to battle in the most competitive settings so that I can get better as a trainer and so I can learn maybe how my Pokemon work great together, how they don't work great together. I definitely find myself using uh, kind of mid-tier mons. I don't always use the top-tier mons because I don't always love the feeling of winning with a Pokemon that's just completely overpowered, you know? For example, um, the big meta scene uh, in Pokemon is Garchomp is one of the biggest, baddest Pokemon out there. He has been since Diamond and Pearl were released years ago. 
Garchomp has a, a very large attack stat. He also has a very large speed stat. Therefore, if you um, are able to boost him a little bit, Garchomp can outspeed other Mons and usually can one-shot them with one of his moves because he's that strong. So, it, it, you know, I have had a Garchomp on my team and I've been able to win battles. Feels great. It's fun, you know. But nothing feels better than when you use a weaker Mon and you're able to beat a Garchomp. That is so much fun to me, and I love doing that. So um, the fourth thing that I do in Pokemon that I really love is, like I said about the metagame, I try to keep up on the metagame. I try to figure out what is really good, you know, what's being used, and whenever I figure that out, sometimes I like to use other things and see if I can beat the Pokemon that are the best in the meta. We'll get back to that here in just a few minutes, all right? But that basically sums up what it is about me, how I play Pokemon, and uh, what are some of my favorite things to do in the games, all right? The next thing I want to talk about uh, today in this first episode of Pokecast VG, I want to talk about Pokemon Sun and Moon. Because I think we're coming off of two of the biggest, most revolutionary Pokemon games in the franchise. And I want to kind of sum it up, wrap that up with a bow before we go into Pokemon Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon. Which I believe may be uh, the biggest, most expansive Pokemon games we've ever gotten. Alright, so let's talk about Pokemon Sun and Moon for just a minute. One thing that you may or may not know, Pokemon Sun and Moon was the best-selling Pokemon main series game ever. They sold more copies than X and Y, than Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire. They sold more copies than Diamond and Pearl, even uh, than the original, you know, Red and Blue, Gold and Silver. Pokemon Sun and Moon sold the most copies, and they've done it in one calendar year. Need I remind you, it was only a year ago that Pokemon Sun and Moon even came out. Um... A second thing about Pokemon Sun and Moon that was really great was the SOS mechanic. If you have not played Pokemon Sun and Moon, I'm going to spoil just a little bit for you. There's this thing inside the game called SOS, all right? And what it is is a Pokemon who is weak in battle can call for help. And they can call in another wild Pokemon to support them and to help them out. This mechanic is awesome because here's how it works. If you're battling a, a wild Rattata, for, for instance, and you weaken the Rattata... Um, but you would like to gain some more experience points. Or perhaps you'd like to gain some more EVs, which are used for competitive battling. Or perhaps you would like to get more chances at getting a shiny Rattata. What you can do is instead of killing the Pokemon, you can stall. And you can try to not kill the Pokemon. And eventually that Rattata will call for help. Another Rattata will spawn in. And then if you kill that Rattata, then you can just continue to spawn in new Rattata. And this is called SOSing. All right? Many people use it for shiny hunting. I've found shinies that way. Many people use it for EV training. Others use it just for the pure joy of watching Pokemon call in help and battle together in a wild encounter. And so it's a really fun time. If you've not tried out SOS, don't worry. The SOS mechanic is returning in Pokemon Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon, and I'm very excited about that. It's one of my favorite mechanics from Sun and Moon. I think it's changing the game. I really think it's going to change the Pokemon franchise forever. The new Pokemons in Pokemon Sun and Moon were also very memorable and exciting. Even some of the ones that were maybe weird or or even like the Pokey, the, the Pika clone, you know, everybody, every game has had a, a Pikachu clone. If you think about Plusle and Minin, or if you think about Emolga, you know, uh, Dedene, all of those old Pokemon, they kind of look like Pikachu, but they're not. The new one in this game is, is Togedemaru, and Togedemaru is, is one of my favorite mods from the game, and, and usually I really do not like the the Pika clones, the ones that look like Pikachu, but Togedemaru was very memorable, and he was a great mon. He's on my team right now, actually, 
Uh, also, Bruxish, you know, Bruxish is one of the the lesser known mods. He's he really looks goofy, you know, with the big teeth and the big lips, and kind of think, what were they thinking? But still, they made Bruxish memorable. And it's a fun Pokemon to see in battle, because even to this day, when I see Bruxish in battle, I go, what is that, you know? But it's very memorable, and it's a lot of fun. Uh, another thing that was really cool about Pokemon Sun and Moon is the Ultra Beasts. The Ultra Beasts were, they were weird. They were um, not your typical Pokemon. They definitely, some of them looked out of proportion. Some of them looked like, you know, big giant bugs, things that, you know, you wouldn't think of as Pokemon, but I really think it was a great change up and and really we're not sure to this day if they are Pokemon or if they're not But I really think it was a fun time for us to get to to catch some of these outlandish mods in comparison To the normal Pokemon that we've kind of had over the different generations My favorite Ultra Beast, I think, you know, I, I've tried out a lot of them My favorite one turned out to be Nihiligo, which is the very first one It looks like a jellyfish and it's, it's kind of got like a white body. Anyway, yeah, you would like it. Nihiligo is a rock poison type, which I thought was a really neat typing. Got a very good special attack stat, a decent speed stat, good sweeper. And so anyway, yeah, I've, I've used Nihiligo a lot, but I like the Ultra Beasts. I know they're weird. I know that some people hope that they're going to go away and never come back, but I've actually really enjoyed them, and I hope to be shiny hunting some Ultra Beasts in Pokemon Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon. Another important thing about Pokemon Sun and Moon is I feel like it was the easiest Pokemon game to get into. You know, you know, I guess maybe not like overall, but I'm talking about the details of Pokemon. If you wanted to learn about IVs, if you wanted to learn about breeding, if you wanted to learn about EVs or, or shiny hunting, I think all of those type of elements were easier to learn and easier to figure out in Pokemon Sun and Moon. And I think that's a really great step for Game Freak because I think that those types of um, elements of the Pokemon games are what keeps some of us big long-term fans coming back and back you know, for more and more Pokemon. And so I think making those things easier to discover is a smart move on their part to get more people interested in, in buying more and more Pokemon games as they continue to release them. Finally, I think that the battling in Pokemon Sun and Moon was a lot of fun. They had a great battle spot. They had a great series of events that happened through the course of Pokemon Sun and Moon. And I just had a blast, you know. And if you look at the metagame, it stayed fairly balanced. I mean, you had Garchomp. Garchomp has been in the metagame, like I said, since Diamond and Pearl. He's, not, he's probably never going to leave, you know, unless they can give him some kind of big nerf. But in this game, we had brand new Pokemon coming into the metagame. Pokemon like Tapu Koko. Pokemon like Tapu Lele, Mimikyu, you know, all of these Pokemon were from the seventh generation, seventh generation, and they were all very powerful mons, you know, the Tapus, of course, were guardians, they're legendaries, kind of, they bring their own um, terrain setting moves, or terrain setting abilities, and of course that made them extra powerful, Mimikyu probably has the best, most broken ability in the entire game, and so that's what made that Pokemon so uh, challenging to defeat in battle. But all of those mods were very memorable and they're very fun. And I got to have them on my team. I also got to play against them a lot. Uh, other top Pokemon in the meta were Arcanine and Charizard. These Pokemon have been around for a long time. They continue to represent on the top of the charts. Plenty of other mods that were up there in the top of the meta that probably weren't so surprising. But overall, it was, it was a very fun series. On the Pokemon Sun and Moon battle spot, I had a great time. Anytime that I had some free time when I was playing Pokemon Sun and Moon, I would just pick a few of my favorite mons and I would take them to the battle spot and have a blast. I found myself winning quite a bit this year uh, in the battle spot in Pokemon Sun and Moon 
but there were still some great strats that even I, I couldn't possibly defeat in battle because they were just too well thought out. So yeah, I had a blast. I'm looking forward to what the battle spot's going to bring in Pokemon Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon. We've talked about Pokemon Sun and Moon, had a great time doing that. Now I would like to talk just a little bit about Pokemon Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon. I would just like to preview some of the exciting things that are coming in the new games and just kind of give you a kind of a roadmap of what we're going to talk about over the next few weeks as we look at the new games as I get into playing them and shiny hunting and all of that. So let's take a look at Pokemon Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon. In case you're unaware, there was an announcement that was made by Game Freak this will be the last main series Pokemon games made for the DS family of systems. What that means is, you know, you had Pokemon Sun and Moon uh, and Pokemon Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire, Pokemon X and Y. All of those were released for the 3DS family. Before that, you had Black and White and you had Diamond and Pearl released for the DS. These Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon are the last games being released on the DS, which for me, it's kind of a bittersweet thing. I've been playing Pokemon on the DS for, for years now, about 10, 10 or 11 years, and I'm kind of sad to see it go. But on the other hand is an exciting announcement, and that is this. The Pokemon game that is coming out next will be for the Nintendo Switch. I am a proud Nintendo Switch owner. It's one of the best consoles I've ever had. It's so innovative. Playing familiar games like Rocket League, like Skyrim, is, is a blast on the Nintendo Switch. But beyond that, newer games like that are built for the Switch, like Pokemon Odyssey, or uh, sorry, Super Mario Odyssey. Super Mario Odyssey is the best Super Mario I've ever played. Uh, and it's for the brand new Nintendo Switch. Who knew that was going to happen? Need I mention The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild? Great game. Great game. So I cannot wait to see what Pokemon is going to do for the Nintendo Switch. If you're one of the folks that say, oh, the Nintendo Switch is too expensive, I can show you a three-step plan on how to raise up enough money to get a Nintendo Switch. You can do it, all right? Getting a Switch for the next Pokemon game is is definitely a step you need to take. It's going to be an exciting time. And I really think that as much as Sun and Moon have changed the franchise, I think the Nintendo Switch Pokemon game is going to just reinvent the wheel. It's going to be awesome. So what I'd like to do for the next few minutes is just look over the new games, and I want to share with you guys some of the features that are coming out for Pokemon Sun and Moon. And I'll tell you a little bit about uh, Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon, my bad. I'll tell you a little bit about my opinions and kind of what I think is coming, okay? So the first thing I want to talk about are the Pokemon. You'll be able to choose from the same three starters that you chose from in Pokemon Sun and Moon. That is Rowlet, Poplio, and Litten. My favorite of those three in the first game was Poplio. I think I'm going to choose Rowlet in this game because I never really got a chance to train a good Decidueye. I hope to get one. Also, Decidueye is getting a new move in this game. That is Phantom Force. Phantom Force, one of the strongest physical ghost-type moves, and I can't wait to put Phantom Force on my Decidueye, all right? There are your three starters. A lot of the same Pokemon that were in Alola before, which is the new region, Alola region, they're coming back. Pokemon like Garchomp and Gabite, you know, that series. Pokemon like Butterfree. Even some of the newer Pokemon like the Stuffle Beware, you know, Pokemon or Oracorio. Even Piggy Peck, you know, in his evolution line. Lucario is another Pokemon that's coming back. You know, some people thought that maybe he was just thrown in for Pokemon Sun and Moon and maybe he wouldn't be in Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon. He will be back. Lucario is a great mon. I really like running a special Lucario on my team. Uh, if you want to know more about a build for that, we'll talk about that probably on another week of Pokecast VG. Aside from the Pokemon that were already in Sun and Moon, there's a whole new... Um, collection of Pokemon that are coming to Pokemon Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon. The few that they've announced on the website are Mons like Mareep, 
Tropius, Volcarona, Tyranitar, and Zorua, Zoroark, you know, those Pokemon are coming to Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon. I really can't wait. I've never trained my own Zorua or Zoroark, so I cannot wait to have one of those. already have a Volcarona, but hey, that Pokemon is awesome. I can't wait to shiny hunt Volcarona. It's going to be a lot of fun. Alolan Forms are back. Not new Alolan Forms. The same ones that were in the first game are coming back. Um, so ones like, you know, think about Alolan Raichu, Alolan Muck. Alolan Executor, those, those are the ones that are coming back. Great Mons, I really love it. I have an Alolan Raichu on my team that's shiny. One of my favorite Mons that I own is that Alolan Raichu. It's really cool. Another couple of Mons that are coming back, and I think these are directly tied into like Mega Pokemon. So I think um, Houndoom is going to be in Pokemon Ultra Sun. Manectric is going to be in Pokemon Ultra Moon. Both of those have Mega Evolutions, and they're going to be a lot of fun to catch. Vulpix will once again be in Ultra Sun. And Sandshrew will be in Ultra Moon. Those Alolan forms, of course, is what I'm talking about there. New Pokemon forms that have appeared in this game are exciting to a lot of people, too. I'll share these kind of quickly, because um, these are the ones you probably heard of. Solgaleo and Lunala are getting new forms when they combine with Necrozma. We don't really know how exactly it's going to happen. kind of looks like Necrozma really takes them over. But um, there's, you know, Necrozma is the third legendary. And when he comes together with Solgaleo, he creates... Um, I believe it's called Sun's Mane. Uh, no, it's called Dusk Mane Necrozma. That's what it is, Dusk Mane Necrozma, and that's the Solgaleo form. And then uh, Lunala is actually known as the Dawn Wings Necrozma, and it's really Lunala with the Necrozma armor put on. Besides that, there's a few more new Pokemon that are coming out. Uh, if you haven't heard about this, here's your chance to get out. Okay, there's going to be a just a few small spoilers, nothing that's not on the internet. I mean, it's all out there to be discussed. But here are some new Pokemon coming to Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon. The first one, these are the two that were announced first, are um, Blacephalon and Stakataka. And I know that those, those names might not be pronounced exactly correctly, so here's how they're um, identified as Ultra Beasts. UB Burst and UB Assembly. These two were announced in like a random trailer back in September or October. Kind of blew everybody's mind. They were like, whoa, we're getting new Pokemon. And it's like mid-generation, so it's really cool. UB Burst is the one that looks like a firework. You know, it looks kind of its head like explodes in one of its attacks. UB Assembly uh, looks like a, a big wall with legs, you know, and it's really, it's actually really cool. UB Assembly will be, of course, the one that I go for. I'll have Pokemon Ultra Sun. I mean, I'll have Pokemon Ultra Moon, so I'll be able to go for UB Assembly. Those of you that have Pokemon Ultra Sun can go for UB Burst, and if you would like to trade one of those, I would be happy to trade with you at some point, because uh, I would like to have my, my own UB Burst at some point. So UB Assembly, I believe, and I'm not going to try to spoil too much here, um, but I believe UB Assembly is going to be like a super physically defensive Pokemon. I think it's got over 200 and something in the defensive stat. It's got over 100 in the special defensive stat. Uh, anyway, it's going to be a very hard Mon to get past. It's probably going to have like a really good attack as well. Probably not so good speed, not so good special attack. But look for Stack Attacka, or whatever it's called, you know, UB Assembly. Look for it to be a very defensive Mon. Looking at Burst, I think Burst is going to be more of a sweeper type. Uh, I, don't, I think it'll probably have higher special attack, but it also may have a decent attack. Uh, it's, I think it's a fire ghost typing is what I've been hearing. So UB burst is going to be hard to get around to. When it comes in, you're really, you're going to have to have a faster mon, or else you're just going to get blown up by a high special attack stat on that UB burst. A third new Pokemon is Poiple, um, and I believe it's going by UB adhesive. So, but I'm going to call it Poiple from here on out. 
and it was just announced, spoiler warning, three, two, one, that Poipo is getting an evolution. That evolution is going to be known as Naganadel. Naganadel is a poison dragon, and so from, from UB adhesive, which is Poipol, into Naganadel, I believe that it's going to gain a lot of special attack and a lot of speed. It's going to make it into like a special sweeper. It's going to be really cool. Plus, the poison dragon typing is one we haven't seen very often, so it's going to be a really exciting Pokemon to play with. Besides these few new Pokemon, there's also rumors of like a final Necrozma form. I won't go into that too much because I don't know as much as I need to about that form. But I really don't want to spoil that form because I'm going to catch it as soon as I get into Pokemon Ultra Moon. And so I'm looking forward to discovering that one on my own within the game. Also, there's uh, more rumors about another mythical Pokemon. But again, I'm not sure if those rumors are true. And I'm really not sure when that mythical Pokemon is going to come, if there is one. A couple other things relating to new Pokemon in Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon are, of course, the new Dusk Lycanroc form. As opposed to the midday form or the midnight form, Dusk Lycanroc is going to have kind of like a an in-between stat total between those two forms. It's also going to be able to learn more moves and have a different ability than the other forms. And so, really looking forward to Dusk Lycanroc. I'm probably going to have one of those on my team for the playthrough of Pokemon Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon. A final reminder about new Pokemon and new Pokemon-related things are the new Z-moves that are coming. I believe that Duskmane and Dawnwing's Necrozma, both of those are getting a Z-move. I believe that Necrozma himself is getting his own Z-move for his, his big final form. I think Komoo is getting his own Z-move. He was the, the pseudo-legendary dragon type from Pokemon Sun and Moon. And I believe also Mimikyu. Uh, well, yeah, Dusk Lycanroc, but Mimikyu is getting his own Z-move as well. Mimikyu's Z-move is terrifying, but it's going to be very exciting to use it on somebody in battle. So look for Mimikyu's new Z-move in Pokemon Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon as well. Moving on from the new Pokemon and, and the, the features of the new Mons in Pokemon Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon, I'd like to spend just a minute talking about the new features of Pokemon Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon. It's going to be really exciting. The first feature is a new battle facility. This battle facility is known as the Battle Agency. This agency is like a, it's very related, I believe, to the Battle Factory from Pokemon Emerald. So basically you'll get out to rent out mons that are not your own, battle with them, and then after pretty much every other battle, you get to trade them out for other mons, and so you kind of, your team is constantly evolving, and you're not using your own mons. So it's a lot of fun to try out different moves and sets that other people might be running, or they could be just designed by the game. I'm not sure. It's going to be a lot of fun. I like battle facilities, so it'll be good. Collecting battle points and using them to learn new moves. I believe that this is referring to te like move tutors. So this is going to be a lot like Pokemon Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire, where after you learn earn some BP from different things within the game, then you can trade it in for new moves, such as, uh, I'm thinking it's moves like you know Drain Punch, Stealth Rock, Moves that are not normally TMs, um, but that Pokemon need to learn for them to be at their best, you know? So, anyway, yeah, look for new move tutors to be coming out in Pokemon Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon. It's going to be really great. It's going to help the competitive scene. There's another new feature that's coming out that I'm not sure about. It's called Totem Stickers. I believe that these are collectibles to find throughout the Pokemon Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon world, known as Alola. I believe it's going to be kind of like the, the Zygarde cubes from Sun and Moon. 
these will be just kind of hanging off on buildings, probably on trees, different things. And if you collect enough totem stickers, you can get special totem versions of Pokemon. The ones that they've announced that you can get, I believe, are Lurantis in Ultra Sun, Salazzle in Ultra Moon, and then I, I believe that you can get the um, Young Goose, Gumshoes. I believe that you can get that Pokemon, Gumshoes, in either of the games. And so we'll just have to wait and see until the new games come out. But I'm looking forward to the totem stickers. Totem Pokemon might be kind of cool to have your own totem Pokemon. Mantine Surf is another really exciting thing. Uh, I believe it's just a new Pokemon ride, but it has kind of a mini game to it. So while you're surfing on Mantine, you can do tricks and earn points. And there's rumor that those points are going to be usable for items or moves or something like that. So it's going to be really cool. More ride Pokemon coming back. It's probably going to be the same ones. We'll see. I'd like to see some new ride Pokemon, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's just the same ones from Sun and Moon. New Z-Moves. already talked about that. Um, we already know what Z-Moves are. Also, uh, okay, it's just confirming right there. New Z-Moves for Solgaleo and Lunala. Very cool. Very excited about all the new exclusive Z-Moves that are coming out. And then finally, I believe this is the last new feature, a powered-up Rotom Dex. So Rotom Dex was really cool, Pokemon Sun and Moon. And this one, I think it's going to have extra features that are going to help you. These features are known as the Roto Lotto, and I believe that they're different effects, like kind of like O-Powers. So it may increase the amount of experience points you can get. It may also increase um, your, your chances of encountering Pokemon, or it may also increase your chances of or how fast it takes you to hatch Pokemon eggs, and so I'm really excited about that. Uh, and then there's another bit that's come out that said that Rotom Dex is going to let you use Z-Moves twice. I would bet that this is not in competitive battling. However, I've been wrong before, so I'd like to see what that's going to be like. Okay, Looking forward to all that. And I would be probably remiss if I didn't mention the Alola Photo Club, which is coming out. It's not the, the feature that I'm the most excited about, but I do think it's worth mentioning the Alola Photo Club. It's going to be a place where you can take pictures with your mods and pose them. It's kind of funny, a lot of Nintendo games are going this way that have a, a way where you can take pictures of the story of the game as it's going on. I'm really excited about the Alola Photo Club. For, for some people, I think it'll be an attraction. For me, it's not so much, but it is going to be a cool feature to just check out and see what it does. Another cool feature in the game that's coming back is the, the way that you can uh, increase the affection of your Pokemon by cleaning them and by feeding them. And That was a pretty good thing to do, I guess, in Pokemon Sun and Moon. I really like the added effects that it had in the main story, and I also like how it didn't have those effects in competitive battling. But it was a lot of fun, and, and I, I will admit, it was pretty cute to see some, you know, big grizzly Pokemon like Glalie, you know, staring at you, and then you're able to just pet it and watch it smile. So glad that's returning. Also, I believe there's new um, looks, new clothing for your trainer within the game. So very, very excited about that as well. Oh, this is just in. How cool. A new Nintendo 3DS theme based on Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon is coming out as well. Something more to look forward to about these new games. These new games are going to be awesome, and I really cannot wait for them to release tomorrow so that I can play through them. The next thing I want to talk about today is about events that we have going on in Pokemon Sun and Moon, Pokemon Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon. These are events that um, have gone on recently or that are starting up as the new games are released, and these are Pokemon that you can get in your game, whether it's through Wi-Fi or through going to the store. And so I'm just going to read through these so you'll know them. That way you won't miss a chance to get some cool new Pokemon in your game. The first one is Celebi. You can get the event Celebi by buying Pokemon Gold or Pokemon Silver on the Virtual Console. 
Upon purchasing those games, you will get a special code that you can then put in your Pokemon Sun or Moon or Ultra Sun or Ultra Moon, and it will give you a level 30 Celebi, all right? Um, personally, if you're wanting to know what nature you should go for, I would go for a Timid Celebi, but there are other folks that run a Defensive Celebi, so it's really up to your opinion. Um, timid Celebi is really good because it gets some good damage off, all right? The next event that's been going on is the Shiny Sil Valley event. Really exciting. I already got mine. Already EV trained it. I'm already got it ready to go into battling, and so it's a lot of fun. Um, I believe this one's already over on distribution. However, the ones that are already over, you can usually find on eBay or on Amazon, and you can buy one of those little event cards so that you can get the Pokemon before the distribution is actually over. Now, going to the store and getting them, you're not going to be able to get them anymore, but you usually can find them online if you want. Another event that's coming up with the release of Pokemon Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon is um, a few different like small events. Like if you buy Pokemon Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon through the eShop, you get 20 Quick Balls, 10 Quick Balls, something like that. Also, if you purchase the Dual Pack in America, you get 200 Pokeballs. Um, also, there's a there's a Wi-Fi event going on. This is for all Pokemon Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon owners. If you purchase the game before January 10th, you can get the Wi-Fi event, which is Rock Rough. And it's a special Rock Rough, because this is the only Rock Rough that can evolve into Dusk Lycanroc. I will be getting it the day that the game comes out, because I want to have my Dusk Lycanroc on my team. Cannot wait for that to happen, alright? Um, the next event that's going on is Partner Cat Pikachu. We don't know how long you have to redeem this. But you've probably already missed your chance to see the Pikachu or Pokemon, the movie I Choose You in theaters. And that's where this event was distributed. So again, if you're interested in getting a partner cat Pikachu, you can find it usually on eBay or on Amazon. And then you can put in the code from the card to get it in your game. Okay? It's really cool. Finally, we have a brand new event that's been announced. And there's no date on it. It was actually leaked by Koro Koro, which is a Japanese magazine. Okay? This event is going to release Manaphy, Meloetta, and Hoopa, alright? I went slow because there's three different mythical mons there. Manaphy, Meloetta, and Hoopa. Those are from three generations as well. It's very exciting. I think that this one is going to be tied into merchandise. So if you buy certain Pokemon merchandise, you'll get a code. And if you get enough codes, then you can get Meloetta and Hoopa and Manaphy. So be on the lookout for that. We'll probably learn more about it probably at Christmas time. Maybe a little after. It's going to be really cool. <laughs> Next, I'd like to share with you guys just a few of my resources, places I like to get um, information for my Pokemon content here on the Pokecast VG. It's also places that I like to just kind of peruse and, and look through information because I'm, I'm a constant learner in the Pokemon community. Uh, one main place is just go to the Pokemon website. You know, Pokemon Ultra, Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon, they have their own website. I read through those quite frequently when there's new information. The Pokemon Global Link is one place that as the metagame starts to develop for Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon, I'll be referring to a lot. The Global Link has just general information about which Pokemon are being used. And, you know, if, if say, Garchomp's being used a lot, what moves is Garchomp using? And, and what items is he holding? And stuff like that. It's really a lot of good information to look at. And I'll be referring to that later on. Um, another website to take a look at is Cerebi.net. I'll spell it out for you. S-E-R-E-B-I-I dot -I net. All right, Cerebi.net. And what that is is it's a website all about Pokemon. It's got everything, you know, from TCG to Pokemon Go. And yes, Pokemon main series games. It's got the best, most comprehensive Pokédex and attack decks and ability decks on the web, okay? And I really like using Cerebi. So go to Cerebi.net, show them some love. 
Another place where I get a lot of information is from the Smogon community um, on Pokemon Showdown and their Pokemon Showdown damage calculator. I get a lot of good information from there. And so what that is is it's a place where you can design Pokemon and you can like give them move sets and see how it would work in a battle simulator. Uh, also, you can like look at how much they would damage certain Pokemon. So, for instance, if you wanted to go onto their damage calculator and set up a Garchomp that knew the move Earthquake, uh, that he had an attack boosting nature, and that he had EVs in his attack, then you could pull up any Pokemon, like you know anything from Abomina Snow to Lucario, and see how much damage that Earthquake would do to that Mon. You know, so on Lucario, it may say something like you know an Earthquake would hit Lucario for 300% of his health. But on an Abomina Snow, it might say Earthquake would damage him for 40% of his health, you know. So just go on there and check it out sometime. It's really good information if you're going to be a competitive battler. Better information than you can ever get um, just by listening to somebody talk like me, all right. So check it out, PokemonShowdown.com. It's really easy to find. The Pokemon database also has some really good information, namely their database weakness calculator. So go on there. Pick um, a few different typings, and what you want to do is you want to pick the typings of the moves that your Pokemon knows. So, for instance, I have a Beware, um, and the only attacks that my Beware knows is a normal attack and a fighting attack. So, on that Pokemon damage or uh, weakness calculator, you would click normal, you would click fighting, you would click calculate, and then it would tell you how many Pokemon that you would have no effect on, which would be pretty much all ghost types. <laughs> It would tell you how many Pokemon that you could hit super effective, how many you would hit normally effective, and how many would be not very effective. And you can see what moves you might want to add in based on what's going to hit things for super effective damage. So check out their weakness calculator. Also, I would recommend YouTube as a great place to learn all about Pokemon. A few of my favorite YouTubers, and you'll probably see some of their inspiration in my videos, Verlisify is on YouTube. Verlis, V-E-R-L-I-S. He's really great. He's, he's a lot of fun to listen to. He adds some, some flair to his content, and he really brings it together in a way that makes you excited and, and, and like passionate about what he's talking about. And so I really look up to Verlis, listen to him for a long time. A Drive is another YouTuber that I really like to check out. He's a shiny hunter like me, and so it's always fun watching him get new shiny Pokemon. I don't watch as many of his like Nuzlocks and things like that, but his shiny hunting videos are some of the best, absolutely. Another one that I've gotten on recently that you might want to check out is a guy named HDV. I believe that he's a British guy. He's really cool as well. I like watching all of his videos about Pokemon, and he does a lot of shiny hunting videos as well. If you can't tell, shiny hunting is one of my favorite things to watch. It's a lot of fun. it's time for our Pokemon Breakdown of the Week. This is the part of PokeGast VG where we like to talk about a specific Pokemon of the Week and I'm going to give you guys a move set for them. I'm going to tell you some of their pros and cons, some of the things I like about them, don't like about them. It's kind of like Pokemon of the Week, um, but it's taking a more competitive look at it for the Pokemon main series video games, alright? Pokemon of this week is of course my favorite Pokemon. First week of the podcast has to be my favorite Pokemon, Raikou. Raikou is number 243 in the National Dex. He is a mono-electric typing, and he's from the Johto region. This is his Pokédex entry from Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire. Raikou embodies the speed of lightning. 
The roars of this Pokemon send shockwaves shuddering through the air and shake the ground as if lightning bolts had come crushing down. What a powerful Pokedex entry. It's really cool. I like Raikou a lot. As you can tell, you know, he's a very majestic, kind of like uh, godly type of Pokemon, you know. Really cool. His abilities, um, is, his only ability is pressure, but his hidden ability is Volt Absorb. I would like to run Volt Absorb on him, but I have not had a chance to get a hidden ability Raikou before. Hopefully I will whenever the Pokemon Gold Virtual Console comes out. His total base stat is 580, which is really great. He has 90 in the hit points, 85 in the attack. It's, eh, it's okay. 75 in the defense, which is, again, you know, it's all right. But 115 in the special attack, 100 in special defense, 115 in the speed. This is where his stats get crazy, all right? So he's very fast, has a lot of special attack, and if you boost either one of those stats, he just becomes unable to be contained. So now I will tell you, what I, how I run my Raikou, and how he dominates as a special attacker, okay? A lot of people will tell you to run Calm Mind on Raikou. That's not a bad set, okay? Uh, what you'd probably do there is you'd probably max out his uh, hit points and his special attack, and then you would have the, the Calm Mind, which is just going to make him tankier and tankier. However, if at any point, any Pokemon, you know, from, from Seismitoad to Garchomp comes in with a earthquake you're gonna die you're gonna die to earthquake period that's it you might could like survive an earth power because it's special but earthquake still is just gonna wall you out hardcore so what i do is i run my raiko as if i'm expecting to get blown up by the earthquake however if you're able to hit the earthquake before it hits you then you can still win the battle okay so i choose to run a timid nature uh, and i use them just as a sweeper so as far as the evs go which is how you train your pokemon I max out his special attack, max out his speed, I put four points into his HP, and then here are the moves that I set up on my Raikou. Volt Switch, Thunderbolt, Hidden Power Ice, and Shadow Ball. All right? Now, um, I will tell you, I'm not the kind of person that just resets constantly for hidden powers, but when I caught my timid nature Raikou, I took him to the hidden power guy and he told him told me that his hidden power was ice. And so I couldn't ask for anything better. However, you know, hidden power ground, hidden power fire, those would probably also be good. Hidden power ice is really good though because your weakness is ground, you know, Garchomp. Garchomp is super weak to ice, okay? So he's a great answer to Garchomp, to Salamence, to a lot of those Pokemon that are very weak to ice, all right? You can also change out Hidden Power, though. If you don't have Hidden Power Ice, you could use Extra Sensory. You could put in Calm Mind if you want to. You could use Signal Beam if you needed some coverage, um, like bug coverage against Grass or against Psychic. You could also use Snarl, which is more of like a utility move. It's going to lower, I believe it lowers their special attack. Yeah, it's going to lower their special attack, and it's also going to give you some dark coverage, okay? Definitely check it out. Very fun. The item that I equip my Raikou with is the crux of the set. It is choice specs, all right? So you have a very fast Pokemon, and when you give him choice specs, that's going to 1.5 times his special attack. So that 115 effectively becomes, what would that be? You know, 175, 170, something like that. So that 170 on the special attack, 115 on the speed, that hidden power ice is going to demolish any dragon. But if they're not a dragon, your Thunderbolt is going to nearly one-shot them, okay? So definitely check that out. Also, I've learned in this set, Volt Switch does a ton of damage. So if they have something like a grass type, something like a fire type, 
you're probably not going to one-shot them, okay? But if you use Volt Switch, not only are you faster and you get a ton of damage, but then you get out of the battle before they're even able to damage you. So you should definitely check out using Volt Switch on your Raikou. If you correctly predict how fast you are compared to other Pokemon, get this. You will be able to one-shot Garchomp, Salamence, Silvalli, Tornadus, Thunderous, Landorus, and even like wall tank type Pokemon like Toxapex. The thing that you really have to watch out for when you're using this Raikou set is watch out for Pokemon that will use the, the item Choice Scarf. You are much faster than a Garchomp. A little faster than a Salamence. But if either of those have a Choice Scarf, then they're going to outspeed you and they're going to hit you with an Earthquake before you can even use your move. Same thing with Landorus. Landorus is one of the most powerful Pokemon in the meta right now. He's a great Earthquake user, and he also uses really good um, Rock-type attacks. But if he has a Choice Scarf, he's going to outspeed you, and he's going to one-shot you. All right. But if he doesn't have a Choice Scarf, you can one-shot him with the Ice. So you really have to just predict their team, see who has the Choice Scarf. If you're wondering if you should stay in or not, you should probably switch, and that way you can see if they have a Choice Scarf or not. Okay? And if they don't have a Choice Scarf next time, don't switch and just hit them with the ice. It's going to be good. It's a lot of fun, and I, I really think you'll have fun using Raikou. It's a great set for him, and I've had a lot of success with it. That brings us to the end of today's episode of PokeCast VG. I really hope that you enjoyed it. What I want you to do now is, if you liked my podcast, if you're interested in seeing more of this, if you have a, a Pokemon that you want to suggest for Pokemon of the Day, or if you have a question for me, I might just take a look at it on the air, okay? So send me an email at pokecastvg at gmail.com. That's all lowercase, pokecastvg at gmail.com. All right, look for another episode next week. Next week I'll be kind of keeping you guys updated on everything going on with Pokemon Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon. And I'll kind of let you know what team I'm running and what, how shiny hunting has been and, and really how I feel like the games are going. And then, of course, we'll be doing some competitive battle talk and we'll definitely be looking for events that we can all join in and be a part of as Pokemon Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon takes off. It's going to be a blast. Thank you guys for listening to Pokecast Fiji and I hope that you'll tune back in next week to see what kind of new content we're bringing your way. Please send an email to pokecastvg at gmail.com. Can't wait to hear how you guys feel about this podcast and can't wait to talk about more Pokemon stuff next week. Thank you so much for listening. Alola. <laughs>